the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Program guests and Craig Roberts not affiliated with Vitucci and Associates. Information provided for illustrative purposes only does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information obtained from sources deemed reliable, but accuracy and completeness not guaranteed. Vitucci and Associates have no liability for information discussed. Consult with qualified investment, tax, or legal professional prior to taking action. Securities and advisory services offered through United Planners Financial Services. Member FINRA, SIPC, Vitucci and Associates, and United Planners Financial Services are not affiliated. The views and opinions expressed are based on current economic and market conditions and are subject to change. All investing involves risk, including the potential for loss of principal. Pat Fittucci says, don't invest and forget. Invest and forget. Invest and forget. Welcome to Don't Invest and Forget, a weekly financial news magazine designed to educate and equip you with the roadmap and direction you need to manage your money, meet your financial goals, and instill confidence in your investment choices on the road to retirement. Your host is author, radio commentator, and investment advisor, Pat Fatucci of Fatucci & Associates. With over 30 years' experience in the world of finance and investment planning, Pat specializes in personal and corporate investment management with special emphasis on retirement planning. Welcome to another edition of Don't Invest and Forget, the program that each and every week helps you keep your finger on the pulse of your money from Wall Street to Main Street to your wallet. Our host, 30-plus-year financial manager, Pat Fatucci. A big reminder for all of us that it's important to take the time to get a retirement planning tune-up from time to time, to take a look at all the components of a retirement plan or our roadmap to make sure that, in fact, it's going to give us the kind of strategy that will take us safely through to an independent retirement. Toward that end, let's talk about some of the key things that we need to be looking at in that retirement tune-up. One of the big concerns today, of course, is managing of one's debt. There's certainly a couple areas. There's smart debt and there's dumb debt. So let's go over that. Smart debt is a loan on an asset that appreciates. In other words, the value goes up, your house, and it's deductible. So a mortgage is hopefully the value goes up. The interest you can declare on your 1040 tax return as deductible. That's smart debt. Appreciation of the asset and the deductibility on the interest. Dumb debt is an asset that declines in value. You buy your car, you buy a boat, you buy an RV, you drive it off the lot and it drops in value 10, 20, 30%. Pick a number, a big, big number. And the loan interest is not deductible. So that's what we call dumb debt. So take a snapshot of where you are today and what does your loan portfolio look like? If there is loans on plastic, Visa, MasterCard, et cetera, that's absolutely debt you want to eliminate. There's car payment loans. Again, if you can either fold that into an equity line or get rid of it completely, that's ideal. And lastly, the debt on your home. There's a lot of schools of thinking on this, and I'm not a big fan of paying off debt, especially with rates as they are today. I'm not suggesting you go out and get a loan if you've already paid off your home, but I would not be all that excited about paying it off if I had a choice between maxing out my 401k or paying off that loan, I would absolutely go for it 
maxing out the 401k. So it reduces your marginal tax bracket and you take the deductibility on the loan. I mean, ideally when you retire, you'd have zero debt. That doesn't take a mental giant to figure that one out. But mortgage loans, you could absolutely arithmetically compute the fact that having a mortgage, even in, in retirement, can make pretty good sense. So you've got to look at all those issues. And then, of course, the option, do you sell the big house and move to the small house? Or do you move to a less expensive area? Almost anywhere in the USA, compared to the Bay Area, you can move 100 miles away and get a lot more two-by-fours for your dollar. Maybe you don't want to do that. Your grandkids are here. Lots of choices where you can reduce your monthly outlay, maybe eliminate the mortgage, and maybe have a better lifestyle. Um, again, managing that debt is a lot of ways of carving it up, and we can be pretty creative in, in how to look at your debt load, Craig. One of the big shockers, of course, for folks dealing with the reality that even as the paychecks stop arriving, the bills will continue to arrive. And as we restructure a retirement plan to go from more of a growth portfolio toward a income-providing portfolio. It's probably, I would suggest, Pat, wise not to be tapping into that for rainy day funds, meaning that as much as we know, listen, we drive the car all the time, suddenly the transmission goes out, the house needs a new roof on it, things of this sort. Is it important to set aside money in an emergency fund so that if something comes along that's unexpected, and we know that's expected to happen in life all the time, that we have access to some cash? Hot water heaters and roofs still leak even though we are retired, there's no magic that suddenly that kind of stuff doesn't happen anymore. So we've got to have contingency emergency fund. The big one, of course, we're all aware of, and more and more employers are saying it's up to you and I to carry our own health care. Health care is at least $1,000 a month for most couples. So we've got to factor that in in a big, big way. 20 years ago, most employers carried retirees' health care plans for the rest of their life. But the rest of their life, uh, you know, many years ago was just a couple of years of retirement. Now it's 10, 20, 30, 40 years of retirement. So corporate America cannot carry our health care plans for that long a period of time. So we've got to look at all those issues. Should you look at a PPO, and HMO, and try and carve it up as best you can that makes it comfortable for your family to figure out what to do with with the healthcare issue. But certainly a contingency plan, the rules are about four or five months of monthly overhead in emergencies. If it costs you $3,000 a month to run your home, around 12, 14, 18 grand sitting around at the bank. We had a listener come in last week, Craig, $200,000 in a checking account. I said, why would you have that much in a checking account? Well, I'm just nervous about this market and I want to have a big cushion. That's a little bit extreme. Certainly, you've worked hard for your money. Now your money's got to work hard for you. And this is an example. Too much money sitting around not working hard. Having a rainy day or an emergency fund is a very important thing to have in case the inevitable happens. Now, with that said, the big key here is we talk about retirement planning. The operative word there is plan. Whether we're going to set out on a long trip, uh, maybe to go halfway across the country to go visit grandparents over the summer with the kids, whatever it might be, it's always wise to plan in advance. Make sure you've got a roadmap set together. You've checked the air in the tires. You've got plenty of gasoline. You've topped off the radiator with fresh water, all of this. And I suppose the same thing is very true, Pat, when it comes to mapping out a plan for retirement. And I guess that means all aspects of retirement planning, what we can anticipate from Social Security, how much money we need to have set aside in our 401k and in our IRA to generate the kind of income we'll need at retirement. So many cases, my retiree folks come in and they say, you know, we're so busy 
we can't figure out how we had time to work when we were working. So many retirees are busy as heck because they're either volunteering or they're working part-time or they work for their church or there are lots of hobbies and friends and trips. In many cases, it's it's a very fulfilling level of life at that point in time. It, it's a whole new chapter, but I would certainly encourage folks to kind of take a test drive and figure out what do you get a charge out of doing? Do some introspection on what hobbies you have or interests you have. And there's sometimes, Craig, I, I got to tell you, a small percentage, a minority of folks who say, I'm bored to tears. I have no idea what to do. I wake up in the morning. I have breakfast. I'm done reading the paper. It's 830. Now I got the whole day. My gosh, what do I do now? So we've got to look at what to do there's the mental aspects. We've had this vocation for 40 or more years. We wake up in the morning and we just go through those steps like a zombie going to work every day. And now now all of a sudden, there's a whole new dimension of life called time, having time on your hands, which worker bees generally don't have any and retirees have a lot of time. So that's the whole adjustment. Certainly, it's an opportunity to join a club or start a hobby or go back to college and take a reading course or take a a woodworking course, whatever your interests are, there's certainly no shortage of things to learn and get involved with. If you have the motivation, I think mentally is so important to start retirement with a positive spin. I've seen depressed people go into this phase and just get more depressed. On the other hand, we get really highly motivated, excited people, and they bring a whole level of enjoyment to their life. So I think mentally, you've got to take an inventory of kind of shape you're in and understand if you're prepared for this pretty dramatic shift in lifestyle. In preparation for that, is it wise to kind of take the retirement out for a test drive, Pat, in the sense that maybe to attempt for a few months before you officially retire to see what it's going to be like living in retirement? Is that a good idea? In other words, stop using the credit cards, start paying for things in cash, and and just kind of get a sense of what the feeling is going to be like? I think understanding what those golden years are going to be like is an absolute great idea. You can take a a sabbatical for a month or two and just try to figure out what are you going to do? Frankly, some people say, you know, I don't ever want to retire. I love what I do. I want to take more time off. And sadly, when you work for corporate America, it's either work all year long and you get three or four weeks off or not. Many companies are having these work share programs where you can work for two or three months and take a month off. So I think more and more corporate America is adjusting and recalibrating to that schedule, given the fact that, A, it's a big brain drain out of corporate America, and they can't afford to have all these boomers leaving at the same time, while these young folks are certainly energetic and and motivated. They may not have the maturity or the experience to handle some of these bigger level or mid-level management jobs. And so the smart companies are saying, let's create kind of a, a work schedule that allows these folks to kind of test drive for a couple of months and then come back to work for a couple, three months. So more and more of those schedules are becoming available. Certainly if you're self-employed, you just scale back the activity level. That's a little bit easier to do. Got a good support system and to manage your company while you're off sailing in Europe somewhere. I wonder if the boss would just let me do that tomorrow. I'm not going to plan on retiring, but just like to take a month off. See I, how it was I like. can write you a note, Craig. Dear boss, please excuse Craig for the next month. He's going to go to Europe and spend a month in Italy. 
I think I like that plan. Hey, we're going to take a time out, come back to more of our conversation, a look at a pre-retirement tune-up. I'm Craig Roberts, along with our host, 30-plus-year money manager, Pat Fatucci. Don't forget the toll-free number to call today if you'd like to schedule your own retirement plan tune-up. Call toll-free 888-PLAN-WISE, 888-PLAN-WISE. That's 888-752-6947. Pat Fatucci says, don't invest and forget Well, as you think about retirement, perhaps the attractiveness of retiring overseas has crossed your mind once or twice. Maybe perhaps you've traveled to a certain spot that you found really, really in your vogue. And so you think that might be a great destination to retire to someday. As you think about retirement planning in general, but specifically overseas, there's an important thing to remember, and that is not to forget to update your estate plan. And sometimes international law can be a bit tricky, as we understand from our host, Pat Fatucci. And Pat, of course, always the idea of traveling to some romantic place and calling that one day home upon retirement sounds like a great idea, but it can be wrought with all kinds of complexities, not least of which includes estate planning in relationship to their laws versus the laws here in the United States. Yeah, not surprisingly, our estate plan laws are unique and different from many other countries. So you may have been dutiful in setting up your estate plan with powers of attorney and health care directives, all those legal documents that really tidies up what your legacy plans are. And then you do something silly and you move to a different country where the laws are different and none of what you thought was going to happen is going to happen. So let's talk about some of those things. And certainly the medical information and the health care power of attorney is an essential element of your estate plan. And while you may have your friendly doctor you've had for many years, he or she is gone now and you've got a whole new dimension of healthcare professionals to pick from. And what about simple things like do not resuscitate? Your advanced care directive in the USA is very applicable, very suitable, and is an integral element in electing what to do if you're not able to communicate your wishes. That advanced care directive may be a useless piece of paper because the country you're going to doesn't think much about what you've done with your plan should you become ill and do not want to be resuscitated or you do want to be kept alive through extraordinary means. Appointing power of attorney person to take care of you, to make decisions for you, if in fact you don't have the cognitive skills to make that happen, is that still honored in the country in which you're going to be living. And in an emergency, maybe family members back in the USA don't have the time or resources to travel to this foreign country to be right there to help you with those professionals in that country to make that decision for you. So are you on your own? What about what if both you and your spouse, if you're and you're in a car accident of some sort, who's going to speak for both of you if you're both unable to communicate your wishes. In other words, does the legal documents you were so dutiful and careful in preparing for life in USA, are they useless pieces of paper in the country in which you are moving to? How about foreign property and foreign accounts? The legacy rules there, are they the same as here? Can you have a beneficiary who is not a citizen of that country and can they legitimately own that land? And, and how does it pass from you to your beneficiaries. While we assume the rest of the world thinks exactly like us, 
aha, it doesn't work that way. You've got to talk to a local estate or a family law attorney that understands the languages and the culture and the nuances of that country. So if you're serious about moving to a different country, look at the financial power of attorney for that country and get the legal assistance and get your legal documents localized, if you will, to express your sentiments given the the laws in which they work there. Is it going to work or is it going to be a useless instrument that cannot be affected by the local laws because it's not legal to do it that way? How about your burial plans? Where do you want to be buried? Want to be shipped back here in the cargo area of a plane and be buried in the local cemetery? Or do you want to be buried there? And all the issues around that. Do you want to be cremated? What are your specific ideas about that? And how does that compare with what your children want? Do they need to visit you in a foreign land? Or or is the memorial service going to be there or here? How about copies of your estate plans and the newly adopted estate planning issues in the country in which you are, are going to be moving to? Who has copies of those? Who's going to be your successor trustee and does this successor trustee define the same there as it is here so all this information really needs to be looked at carefully do you have foreign bank accounts do you have usa bank accounts does your attorney here still have understanding of how to work it there lots of complications that while your life might be simpler and less expensive and more enjoyable and having house on the beach or in the mountains or whatever your thoughts are all the other legal ramifications and financial flowing issues need to be prepared for and have a clear understanding with your family members so that it doesn't further complicate life. Let me make this crystal clear. Vitucci & Associates, we are not attorneys. We are not equipped to give legal advice. I would highly encourage you to hire a licensed attorney that specializes in estate planning issues. If you need a referral for a qualified estate planning attorney, call our offices we will give you recommendations. And of course, the irony of all this, Pat, is as overwhelming as it may sound to some, these are important steps that all of us need to take. I guess nobody really, as they think about retirement, wants to also side by side thinking about their death and preparing for their eventual demise. But the utter irony is this is critically important part of long-term planning for both retirement as well as your estate. And so sitting down with a competent attorney reviewing all of these issues, whether you're planning to retire overseas or stay rooted right here in the good old USA, many of these questions have to be answered regardless. Yeah, it sounds exciting and life is going to be wonderful, but all the other ramifications need to be considered before you get on that plane Because now communication with your local attorney, your local physician here, really complicates issues unless you're going to come back on a regular basis. And again, you've got to factor in that extra cost of, are you really going to save that much if flights to and from and accommodations and whatever, all the other costs of getting back and forth. And then where are you going to live when you're back here, seeing your doctor, seeing your attorney, you're going to live in your children's fourth bedroom for a couple weeks, or do you have to get a hotel room? So again... All those factors need to be evaluated, and maybe it's still a great idea. I'm not here to put a downer on such a terrible idea moving to XYZ country. Maybe it's going to be wonderful, and maybe it's exactly where you want to be. Maybe you're going back to your original country of origin. You were came from an Italian family, from a Cuban family, or or from an Irish family, and and going back to your roots 
is exciting. Maybe you've got some relatives there. Maybe you've got a family infrastructure or culturally you're just more comfortable in that environment. You know, the California living is just not something that you've been fond of anymore. You've kind of outgrown it. Maybe the, the politics or the, the costs and all the other issues that we loved and you were committed to because you had a job here. Now, all of a sudden, you have the freedom to make those decisions and you want to go back to Mexico because that's where your roots were from. And so, you know, it could be a wonderful opportunity to save big money. And uh, if you fit comfortably in that country and especially if you speak the language, wow, that's even becomes a lot more attractive. So lots of good stuff can happen for being an expat in a different country if, in fact, you have all those other facets of your life buttoned up. Some extra steps of homework to do as you consider retirement overseas. Insights on the topic of retiring abroad, as we talked about today, the issue of updating your estate plan to take into consideration your new living status. Want to find out more? Well, an article like this and others available at the Investor Education tab of DontInvestAndForget.com. So just navigate on over. Again, DontInvestAndForget.com and check out that Investor Education tab where you'll find this article, Retiring Abroad. Don't forget to update your estate plan along with a whole litany of articles on topics ranging from tax efficiency to retirement life. Styles. You can also sign up to have these articles delivered right into your email inbox. Simply go to don'tinvestandforget.com. That's don'tinvestandforget.com and click on the Investor Education tab. Pat Fittucci says, Don't invest and forget. Invest and forget. Invest and forget. I'm Pat Vitucci. We are interviewing today Emily Brandon. Emily is the senior retirement editor for U.S. News. And we're talking about the 10 best places to retire on Social Security alone. Let me guess, none of them are in California. Is that true? In major cities in, in California, Social Security alone didn't cover these basic costs. So San Francisco, San Jose, places like that, um, it, it did not. So you would have difficulty living on just Social Security income in in very expensive cities with high housing costs. And, of course, health care is another, another big issue. Without a, a substantial facility within driving distance, I would suspect that gets booted off the list. That's a major issue in retirement. It, it's extremely important to live in a place with good health care facilities. So you could move somewhere that's very affordable, but if they don't have the, the health care you need, and especially people that specialize in geriatric care or in any conditions that you have, it's going to make it very hard to maintain your health in that in that place. Let's start sharing some some of those places so our listening audience can jot down some notes and take a tour of that area. It is worth it to do that. And that's actually one of my recommendations is to test it out before you move there and to make sure that you'll be happy there. A good idea is to rent for the first year. And that way you can see if you like it in all the seasons and get a feel for what neighborhood you, you might like to live in. And then if you don't like it, it's pretty easy to move on if you rent for the first year because you really want to make sure it's a good fit before you move. So you really need to be cautious here before you just uh, pick up and move to one of these places. But these lists are good to, to get ideas. But you want to be really sure before you move because it is expensive to move. And maybe even rent the house that you currently live in if you live in the Bay Area because once you leave the Bay Area, if you're gone for a year or two, uh, pretty difficult to jump back in if homes continue to appreciate at this accelerated rate. It's a major advantage people in the Bay Area have is 
if you are a homeowner, because housing values are, are going up so quickly, you have an opportunity to really improve your retirement finances if you do move somewhere at a lower cost. If you sell your home for over a million dollars and then move somewhere where houses cost $300,000 or $500,000, you have this opportunity to give a, a quick and very significant boost to your retirement savings all at once. So that can really help your retirement finances if you haven't saved enough by moving somewhere with lower housing costs. But you, you do still have to be sure that it'll fit your lifestyle and the things you want to do in retirement. I can't tell you how many times we've had folks call our show and they tell me right off the bat, well, we're going to move to, and fill in the blank, Texas, Arkansas, Florida, Nevada, Washington, and they cash in their expensive two-by-fours here and live in any one of those areas at a pretty accelerated lifestyle and with you know a significantly bigger house or or even the same size house, but obviously at a fraction of the cost. So that is a benefit of putting up with the expensive housing for all these years. And in retirement, you uh, you don't need to live close to your job. So many people live here because they have jobs that are really desirable here. But when you don't need to live close to your job, you can really live anywhere that uh, suits your preferences. But you do need to make sure certain things are in place before you move there. Um, the healthcare you mentioned is a big one. It's really useful to live near family members where your children and grandchildren are. That can help a lot in your retirement years. It's a good idea to live near public transportation. Um, if you get to a point where you can't or no longer want to drive, that's really important. If you want to travel, you want to live near an airport or a train station. So there's a lot of things to look at before you move. And the, the Bay Area has all of these things, but not every place does. Let's start going over some of those places that your research showed is, is a good place to retire on Social Security alone. So we... We went through the list and we tried to identify places that were very affordable, but then that also had amenities that um, seniors would want to use. So, and is this, um, is this USA only or is this across the globe? In this case, we only did places in the United States. We used Census Bureau data and Bureau of Labor Statistics data to get all the, um, the costs that retirees would face in, in each of these areas. Some of them, you, you do have an opportunity to still have the nice weather that we enjoy here in the Bay Area. One of them was Tucson, Arizona. You would get still lower costs in here. You still have the sunny weather. And if you wanted to move there and rent for the first year, the median rent is $771 a month. Sounds pretty good to people from the Bay Area. Older homeowners pay a little over $1,000 a month with a mortgage. And people who can pay cash and don't have a mortgage, their housing cost drops to just $366 a month. So really affordable if you're a homeowner there and you have your home paid off. That's really inexpensive. Gets a little hot there, though, doesn't it, in the summer? It can, yes. Hotter, hotter than here, which is, uh, you know, moving to Florida or Arizona, you're, you're going to face hot summers and also air conditioning bills. So you do have to be ready for that and ready for that change in weather in the summer. A lot of people move there and they, they think they'll enjoy that, but they, they don't realize quite how, how hot the summers can get there, and it does take some adjustment. So the next one is St. Louis. This also has uh, low housing costs. Um, the home costs for seniors with a mortgage are um, basically $1,100 a month with a mortgage. Um, those who have paid off their house, it drops to $434, and renters pay a median of 664 to live there. So far, I vote for Tucson. I don't like the winters in, in St. Louis. 
a lot of places on our list have cold winters, which takes some adjustment. Some people like the snow, but not everyone. And it, it would be hard coming from the Bay Area where we hardly see snow to get used to that and to be shoveling and defrosting our cars and things like that. There is a, a formidable baseball team there, so there's some, some level of entertainment, and I suspect they have a theater district. And so you want to look at certainly what your social life would look like in any, in any one of these cities as well, correct? Exactly, and that's important. Uh, some of these places do have uh, sports teams, but another one on our, our list is Pittsburgh, and that's a good sports city as well. It's important to make sure that the entertainment that you want in retirement is there before you move there. Moving to a college town can be great for this. You can watch a lot of incredible sports that way. And so you want to look and, and make sure whatever you want to do is will be there for you. So Hawaii is not on the list because they don't have a football team or a, or a baseball team. That didn't make the list at all. Any cities in Hawaii? That's actually a, a very expensive place, too, and we looked at that, and it would be very hard to live there on uh, Social Security alone because they also have very high housing costs. And their baseball team has never been in, in the World Series, so I'm not moving there. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So next is Spokane, uh, Washington. There, if you have a paid-off house, the housing cost can be as low as $419 monthly. The median rent for people age 65 and older is $733 a month. Older homeowners with a mortgage pay just over $1,100 a month. What's the average rainfall there? Can you share that with us? I'm not sure over the top of my head. <laughs> no. I definitely more than we <laughs> more than we get here. Yeah, that's for sure. We are interviewing today Emily Brandon. Emily is the senior retirement editor for US News. And we're talking about the ten best places to retire on Social Security alone. We're down to the top five least expensive places with good health care, good housing costs reasonable food costs. Emily, let's go down the list. What's next on our list of 10 best places to retire on Social Security alone? The next place uh, to talk about is Jacksonville, Florida. In this part of Florida, it's a lot more affordable than Miami or Fort Lauderdale, but you still get the pleasant winters that you would get in the more southern and more expensive parts of Florida. So it's a good opportunity if you want a Florida retirement, but you don't want to pay the prices you would in Miami. And Jacksonville's a pretty formidable city, and it's got, I suspect, a, a good social environment with a, enough activities. Tampa's, what, an hour or two away, maybe? So Tampa's another metropolitan area, too, isn't it? Yeah, it's right along the St. John River, and you there are opportunities for fishing and boating and a lot of outdoor activities. Uh, it's also close to the ocean, uh, which is nice if you want to spend your retirement years at the beach. And as an added bonus, um, in Florida, there's no state income tax. So there's also opportunities for tax savings in retirement. The next one is Grand Rapids, Michigan. Now, here's another one where you're going to have to be prepared for winter. But they do have a lot of amenities for a city that is this small. Um, they've got art museums and um, lots of things to do. They have an art competition called the Art Prize. And so there's lots of things to do there. And it's close to Lake Michigan. So, again, there's outdoors activities in the summer. And it's also very affordable. The um, older homeowners with a mortgage are only paying about a so, and if you pay off your house, it drops to 427 So it's a, a real opportunity to have affordable housing. And I guess with the bigger cities comes opportunity to do more charitable work. There's some more depth in these cities that if you are so inclined to do any volunteer work, I guess that's important, which a lot of folks as they approach retirement want to start to give back all the bounty that they've been blessed with, perhaps. And volunteer work works on several levels because in addition, you, you do get to give back to your community, but it also... On a personal level, you, you make a lot of friends, you get out of the house, you feel like you're doing something meaningful with your time. And that can be really important during your, your retirement years to have that once you're not going to work anymore. What's next? Columbia, South Carolina. 
this place is known for its parks and green spaces. They also have a lot of uh, local attractions, and seniors can get discounts to almost all of them. So there's zoos and art museums and things like that. And there's also um, a major college there, the University of South Carolina. So that can be a good opportunity as well. And the food in that area is wonderful. They have some great gumbo soup, and so there's a, there's a nice variety of different kinds of restaurants. Yeah, yeah, it, it's incredible. It's a fairly big city, so it has all kinds of restaurants. You, you will not want for amenities in, in that way. We're getting excited. We're getting down to the last couple here. What's next? So next is a city known for its winters, Buffalo, New York. To live here, you will have to be willing to tolerate very cold and snowy and quite long winters. If you can tolerate that, you'll be rewarded with a very low cost of living. Seniors here and and throughout much of upstate New York are paying just $466 in monthly housing costs if they have paid off their home, and it's only $1,000 if they still have a mortgage. The city of Buffalo also um, has a senior discount program for retirees that shop at local businesses and restaurants, and so the city has negotiated those discounts on your behalf already. So when you shop at participating places, you'll pay a lower rate, which is an added bonus. You make it up by spending a lot of money on leggings and boots and gloves, don't you? Yes. You will need all those things and heating bills, too, which can be quite large. So you will make it up in, in that way. Well, you'll have time to chop down trees in the backyard to throw the logs in the fire, I, I suspect, right? Well, there is a certain type of person who enjoys that, sitting by the fire with the hot chocolate. And in retirement, you don't have to go anywhere. So you can look out your window at beautiful snow. You don't have to get out in it and defrost your car and get to work. <laughs> it's very, very pretty, but if yeah. I have a choice between Buffalo and Tucson, maybe you buy a house in Buffalo for the summer and Tucson in the winter. What do you think of that? There are people who do that, who live in two different places. Yeah. Um, and, and that works for some people because it can be quite beautiful in, in upstate New York in the summer. It's very, very pretty. Yeah, the whole Adirondacks mountain range is pretty. If you, if you watch Dirty Dancing, that's kind of what Buffalo looks like in the summertime, right? Yeah, it, it is quite beautiful. You can go to the, the Adirondacks. There's a lot of beautiful lakes where you can spend time in the summer. So uh, the, the next one is uh, Austin, Texas. Here, monthly house, housing costs with a mortgage are around almost $1,400 a month. But if you... Home your home debt-free, it drops to about $500. And to rent there, you're looking at about $887 monthly. Texas is another state that doesn't have an income tax. That can be an opportunity to save money in retirement, although you do have to watch out for other taxes like property tax. It's a state capital city, so you have a, a lot of amenities and that way. And it's also um, the home of the University of Texas at Austin. Seniors age 65 and older qualify for a tuition waiver there for up to six credit hours. So you can actually take classes there for free if you become a state resident, which is another uh, perk if you want to go back to school and take classes in retirement. And if you're going to be in Texas, Austin's the place to be. It's got wonderful hills and really is one of the prettier cities in Texas, isn't it? It's a very fun place to be. It's got a very vibrant and unique culture. Um, I would say one of the most fun places you could go to on our list. And they also have so much great food and music and things like that. So there will be a lot to do. We have one last one. The last one is Albuquerque, New Mexico. Here, retirees pay also a little over $1,000 a month with a mortgage, and it drops to just $368 monthly if you have paid off your home. So it's really affordable, and there are a lot of services for retirees. They have a lot of uh, senior centers where people age 15 and older can become members and participate in a lot of activities and make a lot of friends that way. They have a special um, athletic competition for people who are 50 and older. 
to participate in them. So if you're into sports or, or even something like tennis, you can go there and actually compete with other people who are 15 and older. It's actually another city where New Mexico residents age 65 and older can take classes at the University of New Mexico. They charge for it, but they only charge $5 per credit hour. And they've got that wonderful hot air balloon race every year. That's That's got to be sensational to watch that. The photos are incredible, and it would also be a good opportunity if you want to get your grandchildren to come visit and go to this great event. So there we have it from Tucson to St. Louis to Albuquerque. Some really nice choices. I can hear our listeners packing their bags already or calling the Chamber of Commerce looking for more information on, on some of those cities. By the way, what is your pick, Emily? What's your favorite city you're going to you're going to retire someday? Is it any of these 10? I haven't finalized the choice yet. So I go and visit a lot of these places, and it's, it's really fun to explore them. But it's very hard to pick because often after I visit them, I'm like, wow, it'd be really fun to live here. But then I visit another place that also, in a different way, seems like it would be a fun place to live. I have not finalized the place yet. I'd love to have you back on if your firm ever does a search on cities in other countries. That would be interesting to see as well. Ecuador, my good friend, goes there all the time. He paid me a few bucks not to mention it, but Ecuador is always always on the all-time hit rate of places to go to that are really a wonderful place to be and very inexpensive. That's a great idea. There are so many opportunities, if you're willing to move to another country, to have a really incredible lifestyle and to pay so much less than you would in the United States. Like your limited savings can stretch so much farther in some other countries. Does the healthcare issue become a, a bigger topic when you go to other countries? Is is our American healthcare system compatible with what may be going on in other areas of the world? That's probably the biggest drawback is that you can't use Medicare in other countries. You can only use Medicare in the United States. So you have to find another form of health insurance in another country. You can buy a local health insurance policy there or an international health insurance policy that will work in several countries and allow you to travel. And in some cases, healthcare in some of these other countries is so much more affordable. The out-of-pocket costs are so much lower, but you really have to look into getting health insurance there because Medicare just will not cover you outside the United States. Emily Brandon, Senior Retirement Editor for U.S. News. Thanks so much for sharing this, this study with us. Very interesting cities, and I'm impressed with how you've dug down into some of the specific issues that really a future retiree needs to think about. I appreciate you coming on my show today. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to Don't Invest and Forget with author and investment advisor Pat Fatucci. To gain more information about any of the topics discussed on today's program or to schedule your appointment for a no-obligation financial plan tune-up in one of Bay Area offices of Atucci & Associates near you, go to DontInvestAndForget.com. That's DontInvestAndForget.com. Or call toll-free 888-PLAN-WISE. That's 888-P-L-A-N-W-I-S-E. Or visit DontInvestAndForget.com. Program guests and Craig Roberts not affiliated with Vitucci and Associates. Information provided for illustrative purposes only does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information obtained from sources deemed reliable, but accuracy and completeness not guaranteed. Vitucci and Associates have no liability for information discussed. Consult with qualified investment, tax, or legal professional prior to taking action. Securities and advisory services offered through United Planners Financial Services. Member FINRA, SIPC, Vitucci and Associates, and United Planners Financial Services are not affiliated. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.